Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our 15-minute power chat starts now. Welcome to the 25th episode of Five Questions with Dan Chabell. As your host, my goal is to curate the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is spiritual leader, best-selling author, lecturer, activist, and 2020 U.S. presidential candidate, Marianne Williamson. Born in Houston, Texas, as the youngest of three children, she graduated from Houston's Bel Air High School. She spent two years studying theater and philosophy at Panoma College in California. She dropped out of college during her junior year to move to New York City in pursuit of a career as a cabaret singer. After reading and being influenced by A Course in Miracles, a book about achieving spiritual transformation, she opened a bookstore and coffee shop back in Houston. Then, four years later, she moved to L.A. to lecture on the book, eventually expanding to lecture internationally. Her first book, A Return to Love, was featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show and has led to another dozen books with millions of copies in print. Since then, she's founded Project Angel Food, a food delivery program serving people with AIDS and other illnesses, and the Peace Alliance that builds peace-building projects. Marianne continues to be a social and political activist as she campaigns to be the first female president of the United States in 2020. To go along with her campaign, she is releasing her new book, A Politics of Love. How has your spirituality, teaching, and entrepreneurial spirit influenced you to get into politics? I feel that for the last 35 years, I have worked with people and hopefully helped people trying to navigate the consequences of all the damage that has been done by an irresponsible political system. So because I've been so up close and personal with the human consequences, the human costs of that damage, I have very passionate ideas about the things we need to do to change. Spirituality is the path of the heart. And both spirituality and politics should, be a, should have a common goal. And that is the diminishment of human suffering. And so when political systems and policies actually cause human suffering, then it becomes a spiritual as well as a political issue to interrupt that pattern, to disrupt it, and to change course. How do we overcome our deepest fears and insecurities that get in the way of our fulfillment? Just as light casts out darkness, love casts out fear. You know, I always feel like whenever I have a problem, 90% of the time, the best thing I can say to myself is, Marianne, get over yourself. We're too obsessed with self. And that's where the fear comes from, because the notion of a small separated self is by definition a fearful thought, because it is a thought that cuts us off from a realization of our oneness with others. And only in a realization of our oneness with others can we feel at home in this world and at home with other people. So it's in cultivating a thought system, which isn't so much difficult as it is different, but which repudiates the thinking of the world that we're only here to love each other. And when, when you're making it not about you, but about extending who and what you are into the life of another, it's like you look around, you realize, actually, I'm pretty peaceful right now. And you realize how when you're not peaceful, it's always an immersion in self 
you know, Freud defined neurosis as separation from self. But we have to realize there's a difference between self with a small S and self with a big S. The small S is it's all about me. The big S is it's all about all of us. And the more you, you live from that place, the less of that self-referential neurosis sets in. What's the best way to forgive someone who's caused you pain? To bless them, to pray for their happiness. It literally changes the alchemy in the brain. You know, enlightenment begins as an abstract thought, and then it makes a journey without distance into the heart. You can know something intellectually, but you can't make the leap by yourself. I can know the law of consciousness. I can know that if I have an attack, attack thought, a judgmental thought about you, I'm going to feel attacked. I'm going to feel worse. And that if I bless you, I'm going to feel better. Well, it's one thing to know that. It's another thing to actually be able to make that shift emotionally. But when you just pray, May he be blessed, may he be happy, may he be loved, may he be blessed, may he be happy, may he be loved, may she be blessed, may she be happy, may she be loved. The most powerful prayers are prayers that sometimes we say in contradiction to how we actually feel. But that's the power of prayer. It nullifies those toxic thoughts. It literally, prayer changes your brain chemistry. And if I'm praying for your happiness, I'm triggered because what you did to me hit me in a way that spoke to some deep wiring that got into my brain when I was three years old. And that's when you ask God's help. You say, I'm willing to see this differently. I'm willing to see the innocence in that person. I don't feel it right now, but I know that my emotional salvation lies in getting off this attack train that I'm on in my own mind. And so I am willing to see their innocence. That's really kind of the only way. What can we do to support those who suffer from mental illness at work and at home? I think we want to be careful with that phrase, mental illness, today, because big pharma is behind a lot of that. Um, there, there is a psychotherapeutic, psychological, industrial complex. And I think we want to be aware that there's a difference between the normal spectrum of human despair and mental illness. So for the sake of a large multi-billion dollar profit center, there are those who have medicalized human despair. So a lot of the, you know, there are such things as bipolar and um, schizophrenia and all of those kinds of things where, for instance, psychotherapeutic drugs is obviously a legitimate conversation. But today we rush to the phrase mental illness when many people are experiencing the dark night of the soul, you know, losing your job or uh, having a financial failure or bankruptcy or your spouse leaving or your lover rejecting you or learning that you have a terrible disease or someone in your family does or losing someone that you love. These things are difficult, but they're not mental illness. So I have a problem with the way we rush too quickly to mental illness today because big pharma just totally takes advantage of that. Whichever it is, however, whether it is something medicalized unduly or whether it is genuinely genuine mental illness. The Course in Miracles makes it clear, as does a lot of spiritual uh, scripture, etc., that if your life is lived outside your love of love, then you will be depressed. So the fact that everybody's so depressed these days is not because there's something wrong with them. We live in a society where 40% of the people in this country are struggling just to make ends meet. We live in a world where we know that if we don't respond to climate crisis within 12 years, it could be irreparable damage. We live in a world where there is so much unnecessary human suffering, so much unnecessary human tension and anxiety for no other reason than that there be short-term profit maximization for a small group of people. Being upset about this is a sign of mental illness. 
you know, it's like physical illness. Sometimes with physical illness, if you break your leg, your brain, millions of years of evolution had gone into the development of a brain that registers pain. If you didn't register pain, you wouldn't know you have to reset the leg, the bone. You can't just take a painkiller. You have to reset the bone. Well, psychic pain is often the same way. Sometimes psychic pain is there for a reason too. We have to reset our thinking. We have to stop living only for ourselves. We have to stop living only for material things. We have to stop acquiescing to an economic system that is so oppressive against millions and millions of people. The fact that we're upset, that's not a mental illness. And the same system that does those things wants us to think that that's a mental illness. So we have to wake up about that whole concept. And what is your best piece of career advice? Do whatever you do for love. Is this the way that my skills and my desires, you know, and they used to call it Dharma, is this the way I can contribute to the upliftment of, of, of the world? May my talent be used for purposes that are beyond myself. That, that once again, it's all the same stuff. I, I, I give my, my talents were given to me by a divine source and I place them back into the hands of a divine source. May they be used in a way that serves the world. And miracles happen actually. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Marianne. To follow her journey, you can read her books and find her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube where she shares her travels, speeches, motivational quotes, and political views. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guest provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you can act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com review now. 